Welcome to that 80s show, Dory. I hate my office. <laughs> Are you having a manic Friday? Man, <laughs> I hate I hate it. You know, that 80s show, we uh, come to you from very numerous places. One of them is uh, where I've got my little 80s studio in the sky. But the sky stinks, Dory, and mm. I've had enough. What should I do? You're not going to take it anymore. I'm going to Alice. I said I'm going to Alice Cooper them. I'm going to Alice Cooper them. You're quite right. That's sister. sister? Uh, you know what? I'm going to do both of them. <laughs> As I said it, I knew I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but if Alice Cooper did have a sister, I assume she would be twisted. So, am I wrong? Correct. Am I? No. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm never wrong. Uh, welcome to that 80s show. What we're like is everybody's got that crazy hoarder family member. We've all got him. And uh, some of them stay in flats in Germiston. This is not my particular family member, but they hoard right. stuff from the 80s. Old magazines, boxes of cereal. You know cereal? what I mean? Cereal? I don't know what the hoarders do. And we're like okay. the audio equivalent of that, where we hoard things from the 80s and then tell you about them. Like we hoard them in our brains and then we tell you about them. Like, you know, so this is like, have you ever watched those shows where they go into a hoarder's den and they're like walking past these piles of old magazines and unopened posts and old reader's mm. digests and they're like, oh, this place, this place smells like King Rat and Pink Sweets and that's... <laughs> That's what we're like. Yes, if we were a scratch and sniff show, that's what it would smell like. Oh, wait. Hold, hold on, Dari. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, um, in case we've never mentioned it, uh, this is an award-winning podcast. We are the app for award winners for best music podcast. That's the whole of Africa. The whole of Africa. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, obviously, they're doing the awards again this year, and we want to win again. But to win again, we got to go, look, we got to up the game. We got to, we're always looking to be better. So strap, strap on and sniff <laughs> podcast. No, that's maybe the year after. Maybe we're not there for strap on and sniff, but I think strap on and sniff will be easier to accomplish than scratch and sniff. <laughs> My God, strap on and sniff podcast. <laughs> strap on and sniff anything. But a scratch and sniff podcast. I mean, it could be a thing. It could be a thing. What would it smell like? It's an 80s podcast. Like I say, mothballs and pink sweets. Definitely the pink sweets, for sure. Definitely the pink sweets. What, what else? Brat. What else? Brat. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, what, what perfumes were you wearing? For in me, no, I don't, I don't wear perfume, but for me it would be Panburger. Panburger, <laughs> yes, good. Mellow Yellow. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Mellow yellow. It's like people say to me, oh, Mountain Dew's a bit like mellow yellow. I'm like, whoa, whoa. guy, you have just compared drinking Jesus tears to drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> what are you talking about? I drank Mountain Dew for the first time in many, 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 many years the other day. It tastes horrible because they've done to it what they've done to all the other nice cold drinks. They've added sweetener. It tastes like shit. I know. I know. Why, yeah. guys? They've ruined it all. They've ruined all of them. Everything tasted great in the 80s because we had no sugar laws. The exactly. law was more sugar. Now with more sugar. <laughs> oh, Dory, Heidi Klum, what's your opinions on her? Um, 
I don't really have one, any opinion one way or the other. Okay. Why? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an opinion of her. So uh, Heidi Klum model, right? Does all the things. She's done all sorts of stuff. She's was a model, and then she big reality TV star. She's America's Got Talent. Britain's Got Talent. World. She's on all the talents. Uh, Project Runway. She was on Project Runway. And notoriously, they call her the queen of Halloween, right? So every Halloween, she has these elaborate Halloween costumes. You seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, was no, you got... the one who was married to Seal or is married to Seal? She was married to Seal. Yeah, and yeah. now she's married to another guy who's also in a rock band, but he's a lot younger than her. Um, mm-hmm. she, I, I, listen, rockers have an appeal, but he does not look like a rocker who should be dating Heidi Klump. Right, I mean, she's okay. still a supermodel, right? Even, even, she's still a supermodel. So she tries all the things, and she is the queen of Halloween. So every Halloween, she outrageous. She did, um, she was did a bit of an addicted to love Halloween costume a few years ago, but you know, okay. in that Robert Palmer video, there were all the girls like in the black yeah. dress. She bought of all course. of them, so like that was a Halloween costume, all of the the schmodels, right? Um, Hang on, was she dressed as all of them, or did she get a like you know entourage? Oh no, she was them, but she ha- she was one, but then there was all of them. So her costume was that, all of them. Okay. Okay. Um, right. She last year there was. Is a- Airwolf flying above? Sorry, Airwolf is flying above. It's Sorry fine. It's fine. You know, it's right on cue. <laughs> He's coming to rescue me from my shithole of an office. It's fine. <laughs> you know how I just assumed Airwolf is a male. You know, that's fine. Anyway. Um, yeah. So then last year, Halloween costume was some human centipede thing. I, I can't quite work Ooh. it out. No, but she, she, her, her costume's outrageous. Her costume's outrageous. Okay. But every now and again, she'll make a song, right? Releases a song. So um, she was hanging out with her friend Tiesto. <laughs> Just hanging with the late Tiesto, right? He passed away. I think he did, yes. I uh, think so. Yes, I think so. Okay. <laughs> And uh, she had this idea for, she said, hey, remember that 80s song and it was so great and it was about sunglasses and it was about night and it was about wearing them and it was about me and it was about me wearing my sunglasses at night. I, a schmodel, should mm. remake that song. Does so, she sing? So Dory, so Dory, so Dory, at risk of getting kicked off because you're not allowed putting music in podcasts, but we're edge, we're cutting edge. We'll take the risk. I want to play you a bit of Heidi Klum and her official version of the Sunglasses at Night remake. So, I don't hate it. Thank you for listening to that 80 show. Um, <laughs> Dory, what are you, what, why did these words come out of your face? Why, why did you make if those you sounds? Don't compare it to the original. And you take it for what it is, which is a dance song. Mm-hmm. It is a, what do they call it? A dance song. It's e- EDM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. These days. Yes. 
it's good. You know, I can I tell it. you something? I don't hate you either. <laughs> I found it quite charming. <laughs> she sings way better than I expected. I know. And the music is really good. I, it's it's like it's 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 kind of catchy, and they haven't. I mean, because the original was quite edgy as it is. I mean, it was quite futuristic yeah. sounding, and they yeah. haven't really messed with that too much. And she's not terrible. And in the music video, she's writhing around on the ground. It's very sexy, very, very like you know, music video is worth watching. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I, I, so I'm glad you said that because I so badly wanted to dislike it. I really did, but <laughs> she's good. We're honest. We're honest, and we're not going to hate everything just because it's you know remaking something from the '80s. Sometimes she, it she, works. She's bringing it back to life, and and here's her quote. She's saying. I was thinking about the moments in the middle of the night at a party when you've been way up way too late, your makeup has melted off, you're sweaty and cross-eyed, and all you crave is a pair of sunglasses. Sure, sure, sunglasses will rehydrate. That's me, okay? Klum explained in a press release. This scene reminded me of the iconic 80s hit, Corey Hart's Sunglasses at Night. I am beyond ecstatic that I was able to remix and record this track with my EDM hero, Tiesto. What an honor. So she's like over the moon about this. She's like, it's not a shameless cash grab. Heidi Klum's got a shitload of money. She's like, I love the song. I want to make it. I want to celebrate it. And there you go. And she's got two new fans. So, you know, what's to hate? Hang on. Tiesto can't be the one who died then because how, how old is the song? No, well, let, let us just double check that. Um, I'll tell you who died. No, Tiesto, the other one. Tiesto. Tiesto is still alive. <laughs> Listen here. people. It's not Tiesto. It's that other one. He was Scandinavian. I can't think of his name right now because. Yes. You see, the, the, look, if you haven't listened to the show for a long time, Dory and I have a very bad record of assuming people from the 80s are dead. So what hope do we have of yeah. like a music genre outside of our speciality? So um, Tiesto, not dead. Great. Song great, no. Corey Hart, yeah. still alive. That indeed. we indeed. I wonder how he feels about it. You know we, what we can do. We will endeavor. We'll endeavor to find we out. And how are we going to find out, Paolo? Well, how are we going to find out? We just so happen to be friends with a, a gentleman called the celeb savant, who exactly just happens to have Corey Hart on his WhatsApp contact list. So maybe, maybe not, but not yet. If no. not. If not, not in, we'll find it. Yes. We'll find it. So we're definitely going to find out. So that's what we'll do for next week to find out how Corey Hart feels about uh, sunglasses at night. I have to tell you, you know, I collect every year I do like my song of the year and I collect. So it's, it's, it's in an attempt to discover music outside the 80s. Mm -hmm. I am. Um, I find, you know, new music that I don't know either from this year or doesn't have to be from this year, but at least like the last 10 years, let's say, that I don't know, that I'll try and rediscover. This song is going on the list. Wow, big call. Because that, yeah. that's the list. You know, yeah. Dory's song of the year list is, now that's what I call music. It's a the, collaborative effort. I have friends sending me songs almost on a daily basis. And there's wild stuff in there. I mean, forget yeah. algorithms. <laughs> like, this is the real deal, the real Mamba Jamba. So... That's a big call, Dari. That's a big call. I have a newfound um, interest in Heidi Klum. <laughs> mm, 
I think we let's curate that. Let's let's not make the interest uh, because she's done other songs, and um, yeah, let's uh, just give it up. Um, should, should we just leave the other songs alone? Okay. L- let's celebrate her for what she's done now. So that's that's a good one. All right. So okay, sunglasses at night is could be the. I could have actually been the title of the greatest, most talked about 80s documentary in the world at the moment. Netflix's. Netflix's? I've never said that. Yes. It is Netflix's. Yes. I've never said it. Sounds weird. Netflix's The Greatest Night in Pop, which has more star power per second than anything you'll see in 2024 and a very high ratio of sunglasses at night. Dory, I know you haven't seen it, but I'm going to tell you I about it. I started watching it. Oh. I started. And I'll you, you, and you, you could stop? You know I hate the song. You know I hate the song. No, Dory. Right? Oh, so, okay. I hate the song. Right, so you no, just I hate, hate okay, well, you just hate Bad. starving people in Africa. So, I mean, what can I say? I mean, that's not, obviously. I hate the song. <laughs> but the docky looks interesting. So I'm going to watch it. In fact, I thought, oh, I could watch this and use it as my movie on that eighty show. But clearly, I can't because no. we're going to talk about it now. Because I knew you, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to do that. So you can still come back to it after you've watched it, right? But if you don't know, yeah. right? So uh, back in the eighties, there were two massive humanitarian aid charity singles. The one were "Do They Know It's Christmas," which was all the eighties super groups, super artists from the UK, and then. Mm-hmm. We Are the World was all these super artists from the United States, right? Right. And these were the two big charity singles. We did a feature once, uh, a segment Mm -hmm. on the show, wondering who would win in a physical fight of the battle of the super groups. Um, It was a draw in the end. But this documentary, now it's a notorious night in pop. There are so many stories around it. Uh, but this documentary is now the definitive, approved, authorized retelling of the making of We Are The World, the charity single. Now, they call it the greatest night in pop because due to everybody's schedule, which I actually did not know this, they had one night to make it, right? That I did not realize. Yes. And I, realized, I kind of got that from the first, 10 minutes or so that I've watched of it was like, Oh my God, they literally got everybody together in one go. Yeah. Like I did not expect that. I don't know how Band-Aid did it though. Because, well, you, you gotta know, you gotta know that's coming that you gotta know that's (laughs) coming. (laughs) It's in the works, right? Yeah. So what I loved about how they treated this is they treated it like a heist movie, right? We got to get all these people in one place. It's in Los Angeles, and we've got one night to make it happen. And the way they ramp up the tension, it feels very much heisty, um, which is really cool okay. because even though you know they made the song, they still create the intrigue of go, they're never going to make the song. They're not going to get the song right. And we know they did it. But like, <laughs> well, God, it's two o'clock in the morning, they're hungry, Diana Ross is having a tantrum. No, Diana Ross was lovely. She didn't have a tantrum. People are walking out. A prince won't show up. No, this is a nightmare. They're not going to make the song, uh, which is great. That's great filmmaking because they take what we already know and they still add yeah. suspense on it. 
great, so many great things in the story. Lionel Richie look, is the. Yes, look, can, can we talk about Lionel Richie just for a second? Best guy. We've, he is what, the, what's the host? The host. And the, the, the narrator. He put the doctor together, right? He, 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 he did, because of course he wrote, he co wrote the song with Michael Jackson, right? Right. So we've been blessed to be in a very intimate room with Lionel Richie. And yes. we're, I mean, undeniably, he's probably one of the greatest humans who've ever was, lived. I just remember him being very funny. Hilarious. Great guy. Hilarious. Great yeah. guy. And so, so, I mean, who doesn't love Lionel Richie? It's <laughs> a great question. Anyone? Anyone? I hear crickets. No. Crickets and tumbleweeds. Crickets. No, you're right. Yeah. We all love him. So, it's. So, that's one of the reasons I will sit through it. <laughs> No, look, as soon as they start singing, I'm going to mute it. But no, you, no, Dory, then you're shut out of luck. Because okay. Oh, is it like the whole way through? I'm just going to hear it the whole way through. It is constant. It is constant. Oh, my God. Even, even the, so, so the, the guy who made the movie, the director, um, yeah. a Vietnamese uh, director, and I'm just quickly yeah, looking for it. I can't think of the name. It was, it was an, un, an unfamiliar name. Yes. Um, he said that by, he was like, you know what? I'm going to make the song. But I'm absolutely gonna, I'm gonna make this documentary. But I know I'm gonna hate the song by the end of it, and he actually didn't. <laughs> He's like, wow, and I hate the song from the beginning of it. Yeah, Hello. maybe it'll convert you, Dory. <laughs> maybe it'll really convert you. I'll tell you what's the thing about it. It, it answers a couple of questions. So, you know, we um, have told the story about how Stevie Wonder said. You know, if you guys bring, if you guys, anyone causes trouble, I'm driving you home. Um, it elaborates a bit on that story. Uh, we've spoken about that before. That comes in. And it actually, that moment, that actual moment is in the documentary. Um, Amazing. It's, it doesn't, it answers why Prince, who was massive. I mean, he cleaned up yeah. at the American Music Awards and Grammys that year. It answers, it yeah. answers why he's not in it. Um, well, I heard, and don't correct me because, you know, let's leave some intrigue for people who are going to watch it. I heard that the reason Prince wasn't involved is because him and Michael Jackson had major beef. They did not want to be in a room together. So watch do the documentary. Do not confirm nor deny. Watch the documentary. <laughs> um, I will find out. It skirts right. around Madonna as well. Because like Madonna, mid-80s, mm. why mm. she wasn't in it. Um, and it doesn't you know, a satisfactorily answer that. Mm. Um, okay. Let me tell you something quickly. So there was like a kind of a, in the intro, like just in the very intro, there's like a flash, you kind of see a bit, a bit of everyone. And <clears throat> I had it on and my 16 year old said, looked at Daryl Hall and went, is that Bon Jovi? <laughs> now, you know, it was like a side shot, very mm. quick, forgivable. Then I was like, why was Bon Jovi not there? Then I was like, oh, well, they hadn't really had their big hit yet. But yeah. they did already I actually went down a rabbit hole. They did already exist as a band because they actually formed in 1983. But they did only have their big breakout hit in like 1986. So they kind of just missed the, the thing. Look, I mean, the stars that they did gather for yeah. this were... You know, listen, we're not about some guys called Bon Jovi who might make it. I mean, these are <laughs> like a hall of big guys. Uh, and they're a hall of famers in that. It's actually when you see them all together um, yeah. that you – I'll tell you the, the human side of it. 
that's really going to strike you because you go, Dinah Ross, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Kenny Rogers, Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, Hall and Oates, Harry Belafonte, Al Jarreau. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, right? Wow. But the human side of it is right. Huey Lewis, who was riding the crest of the wave. Like he was number yes. one, shitting himself because now he has to sing in front of Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder. Like it, it's that part of it because what's it, what they actually did is they, they removed all their people from the room. So there's only artists in the room. No hangers on, no publicists, no eight, nobody. Everybody get out. So it was just them and it's just the star power and like Steve Perry, like when they're getting stuck on certain parts. And I even said to my wife, I said, wow, what a room to brainstorm in because every <laughs> idea you get is going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, they're all, they're all brilliant. Um, um, you've really made me much more interested in watching it. Well done. Bob Dylan, going to yeah. completely change your mind about him. Bruce Spring, everybody in there. I have a huge respect for Bob Dylan. I just don't think he should sing the, sing the songs. Wait, watch it. Okay. You can still have it as your movie recommendation and we can discuss this. But the All one right, thing. I will come back with it. I will come back with it. The one yeah. thing it doesn't answer for me. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly want to talk about Michael Jackson in it though. Because okay. obviously he was a huge driving force behind it. He wrote a lot of the lyrics. He worked with Quincy Jones yeah. to make it happen. And Michael Jackson, I was listening to a podcast about him over the holidays. And it's we're definitely in this phase of Michael Jackson about like where we have to separate the artist from the human. We yeah. kind of have to go, the, the guy who made the music is a different thing because yeah. you cannot deny the music. You can't, like it's, it, you just have to separate it, right? Um, yeah. He's genius. Like when you see him, there's moments of him working by himself and just doing Michael Jackson stuff. And you're like, oh my, this is like, that's Beethoven like level of genius there. Um, unreal. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing it doesn't answer for me, which I had a Google afterwards. Why is Dan Aykroyd there? What oh. is Dan Aykroyd doing? Cause he's there. I've always wondered. Why is Dan Aykroyd there, right? Because he wasn't superstar Dan Aykroyd at the point. He's still SNL Dan Aykroyd, did Blue, Blues Brothers, but he wasn't like massive Dan Aykroyd yet. Okay, and so does it answer that question? No, it Dory, no. They make, they make a Ghostbuster joke, which cool, right. but they don't get into it. So I had to go, look, Dan Aykroyd was there by mistake. So, so he, he was in LA looking for a new, yeah. uh, not a new talent manager, new business manager. And this business okay. manager was like, look, awesome. A couple of the clients that I handle, they're doing this crazy thing at the studio. Come with me. Just come with me. Ah. You're going to hang out. And when they see him, they're like, oh, you're Blues Brothers. Come, come, come in, come sing. <laughs> so, and he's like, he didn't know what wow. he's doing. He's like, I'm Dan Aykroyd and I'm being directed by Quincy Jones and there's Michael Jackson. What the hell is happening? <laughs> so that's the story. That's what Dan Aykroyd's there. Fun stuff. Okay. I'm so, glad you told me that because I would have been watching it going, what the hell is Dan Aykroyd doing there? Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's so, a really cool story. So give it a watch. It is, it is one of the, I mean, like 
you know what? Netflix have kind of just figured out how to do these music documentaries. They did Wham! last year, which was phenomenal. Yes. This yes. is just as good. Now we eagerly await uh, the we are the uh, the um, <laughs> do they know it's Christmas documentary? So it's all happening. It's all happening. Thank you. Netflix's the greatest night in pop. Uh, subtitle: We wear our sunglasses at night. A lot of sunglasses. <laughs> a lot of sunglasses. Cool. So, Dory, you I'll can, you like can, oh, yeah. many, many. You'll run out if you have a drinking game. Every time you see sunglasses at night, you drink. You'll be, you'll be Ooh. out by fifteen minutes. Like you, you won't make it. I'm not drinking any alcohol, so I'll do it with water. Okay, cool enough. But then you're going to have to wee all the time and you're going to miss the bits. So, um, you can keep that for your movie recommendation, but uh, I okay. want a movie recommendation, a viewing recommendation from you for this week. Well, funnily enough, okay, so here's what happened this week. Let's go back to this week, right? On Monday, I said to you, I don't know if I'm going to have time to sort out a movie this week, right? Those were my words. I was like, dude, I'm working like crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. And then oh, I get home on Monday night, or was it was on the Monday or Tuesday, and I see oh, there's this thing on Netflix, this thing about We Are the World. Perfect. I'll do that. Then I started watching it and realized I hate this song. I don't think I can watch this. But then the universe, the universe sent something to me, Paolo. Can I, can, can I just, can I just stop there while we're receiving <laughs> yeah. from the universe? Yes. Dory, you like Heidi Klum's version of Sunglasses at Night, yet you do not like yes. the Avengers assembled greatest song of the 80s in America called We Are the World. But you like Heidi it's Klum. The easiest, schlockiest, vomitous song. And Heidi do Klum. They Christmas, do they know it's Christmas for all its, you know, problematic lyrics? At least is a nice song. I could sing along to it. I can hear it without wanting to throw up. We are the world, not so much. So Heidi Klum making mm -hmm. Corey Hart's I Wear My yep. Sunglasses at Night, which which is not exactly the most in-depth, you know, examination of the human condition. Okay? No. It's about... Especially her reasoning. Her reasoning was because her mascara was smudged, right? And she wanted some sunglasses. Right. Very deep. Very deep. Tiesto supremely talented, way more talented than me. He's not Quincy Jones. So you're telling me that I wear my sunglasses at night by Heidi Klum is preferred over We Are The World. We are the children. We are the ones who, despite watching that movie many times, I cannot remember the lyrics. <laughs> Anytime. But anyway. Any day. Yeah, moving on. Receive the universe upon thee. Let's carry on. So, the universe delivered. Our dear friend Costa, who has been on our show a while back, fellow Wham uh, aficionado and fan. He's doing all the things these days, hey? His he comedy career, he's like, he's doing everything now. Yeah. yeah he's going to be performing comedy in Greece yeah. in, I think, next month or something like that. Yeah. All the things. I know. He's doing all the things. Now, I had a big birthday last year, you remember, in November, but I didn't end up having a big birthday celebration. And Costa messaged me and said, listen, I want to do a belated special thing for you for your birthday. There is a special screening this week at the movies of a Pet Shop Boys concert, and I'm taking you to it. Where, what? Okay. Yeah. Where, oh, yeah. okay. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Okay. 
I'm like, what? <laughs> then I look. So he sends me the thing. Pet Shop Boys did this worldwide thing release this week of a movie of their show that was, I don't know when it was recorded, but it literally came out this week and it's called Pet Shop Boys Dream World, The Greatest Hits Live at the Royal Arena Copenhagen. There, uh, there were only two screenings and this seems to be worldwide that it was going to be screened on these two days only worldwide. One of them was this past Wednesday, which is when I went. And the next one is on Sun this coming Sunday. So if you are a huge Pet Shop Boys fan and have lots of money, because my God, the tickets are expensive. They are more than normal movie tickets for some reason, because they're calling it an event. They're calling it a movie event. This is just a movie. This is like a thing now, because like, didn't Taylor Swift do it where like she has, they do it now because they have I, concerts and then they live know, stream or something into cinemas. It's a, yeah. it's, it's so a thing. It wasn't a live stream. This was just a, a screening. And I mean, Costa said he went to one last year where they did ABBA. They did an ABBA, an ABBA concert. So mm. he knew what he was, what to expect kind of thing. Now, here's the thing. Costa did not see Pet Shop Boys when they came out, came out yet. He has never seen them live. So he was beyond excited. I was beyond excited because I have seen them live. And as you know, favorite concert of all time, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. et cetera. And this, is, this one's called The Greatest Hits. So it's going to be different to the show that I saw, which was their electric tour in 2014. Um, so we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, we better get tickets, we better get tickets. We like panic. We like he, he buys the tickets. We walk into the cinema and there's like four of us. No ways. I swear. I, I'm I not swear. surprised. I'm not surprised. I've got to be honest. I'm not that surprised. <laughs> because it's a weird experience, no. but I want to hear about it. Know about it. I think people didn't know about it. I would never have known about it if you hadn't told me. I don't think it was well publicized. Stir Kinnacle, listen here. Stir Kinnacle. I am not our audience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, I'm not telling our audience. Yes. You want to go this Sunday, the 4th, at Cinema Nouveau in Rosebank. I have no idea what time. Find out on this on this on this technical website if you want to go see it. But I'm going to tell you why you might you might want to see it, but you might not want to see it. I'm going to like go into that now. But what did you want to say? Do you want the details here? I'm going to give it to you right here. At so it's yeah. at all the cinema nouveaus, seems like yeah. it, in Rosebank, okay. Gateway, and VNA, and I see Brooklyn okay. as well. If Rosebank, yes. it's at uh, half past one on Sunday, in okay. Gateway. Half past three, and at the VNA also half past three. So, get yourselves in on that. Stir Kennecore, get your act together. You go. How yeah. do we promote an '80s band? You come to the biggest '80s community podcast in South Africa. Get what? on it. Get on it. We'll do it. Come on. What's happening here? So, but Dory's going <sighs> to give you an honest opinion. Honest opinion. I am. I am. Of course, it is a Pet Shop Boys concert, therefore it is wonderful, fantastic, all the things. As I said, Costa hadn't seen them here, so he was blown away by, oh my God, look how amazing the lighting and the stage and the costumes and all the things. That being said, this concert was only half as good as the one that they performed here for various reasons. Really? They, and and I mean, we're talking all the, like, all the hits we're talking like decades yeah. apart. Well, they were here in 2014, so it's almost 10 years. 10 years, yeah. Almost 10 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's due for, they're due to come back, you know, like, hello. They're releasing a new album this year. They, they're performing in the UK, in the London in July. Can they, can they just, like, hop past Joburg at some point? 
Easy. That's, that's just, that's another story. It wasn't, okay, two problems. The biggest problem, you're in the cinema, but it wasn't loud enough. Oh. You want, especially for a music concert, to like really be engrossed and like, you know, in it. And it wasn't loud enough to the point where Costa was speaking to me the whole way through and I could hear everything he said. And I'm, I'm like half deaf. So, and he kept saying, oh, I wish it was louder. I wish it was louder. Like we were like kind of, you know, dancing in our seats a little bit and singing along. We so, were probably a pain in the ass to the other people. In the so scene. Stuart Kennicle, Stuart Kennicle, yeah. take a listen here. Yeah. <laughs> we understand Cinema Nouveau. I can't imagine that it's going to have the sound systems that your IMAX and things are because they're not going to put those sorts of movies in there. So silent disco style. Give people yeah. headphones so they can <gasps> adapt their own volume. <sighs> Hmm? Now that, that hmm? would have been a solution to the problem. That's what I'm saying. Also, Bring a lot in. of old people go to Cinema Nouveau. Are the old people not deaf? Why is the volume not louder? Because old people go, this movie's bloody loud. Hey? I can't even yeah. think you're myself thinking even. My hearing aid is, mm. my hearing aid is malfunctioning. Hmm. Um, yeah. So there's that. So it wasn't quite loud enough, but I mean, you could still enjoy it. But it, like, like costumes say, oh, if only I was watching this at home, I'd have the volume way louder, you know, kind of thing. It's like, yeah. And like I say, the show wasn't as good as the, the one, the one that they, when they came here, they had dancers and they had just more elaborate stuff going on on the screen, more elaborate lighting. Um, the song list was different, obviously, but, and I actually, I can tell you, I'll post it on our Facebook page because there is a version of the electric tour that they came here with on YouTube. The whole concert is on YouTube and I'll post the link to that. And I'll, of course, I'll post the link to the trailer for the stream world as well. What was an amazing experience. It was an amazing experience. And I, I thanked Costa immensely. We had great fun. We had popcorn and all the thing. You know, we didn't, I haven't been to movies. Dude, I haven't been to movies in a very, very, very long time. So just the experience of going to the movie was like a treat. And what? of course, watching Pedro Boys for two hours. What a treat. I mean, <laughs> I want to ask you, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if I go to concerts, I don't want to be standing. I'm happy to sit. It's, it's all fine. What's it like watching a concert in a cinema? Because like you say, you're dancing in your chairs. But if there's four people there, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you do? Like, do you just sit in your chair and go, mm, this is lovely, I love it. Like, it's, it must be a weird thing in your brain. I mean, it was okay. I mean, we probably could have managed to stand up and we could have moved to the side and, you know, not distracted the other people. I don't know. Costa was singing very loudly. I'm sure that other people were very annoyed by him. He kept saying, he kept saying, I must really be pissing these people off. <laughs> <laughs> they came to your pitch up boys, not me. <laughs> but he carried on anyway. It was so That's fun. What I'm saying it silent really disco fun. style. Your own headphones. Your own headphones. Yeah, but then if you're singing out loud with your headphones, noise cancelling headphones, that's what. Well, I think I think they are that because I've seen those silent disco things and when people sing, they sing yeah. badly. They sing like people yeah. who cannot hear themselves singing. So I think Think they are noise anyway, thing. Look, it's it's great, and if you miss it at this movie, a very overpriced movie premiere thing on Sunday, I'm sure it will eventually become available on the internet. And if you haven't seen a Pet Shop Boys show, it's it's absolutely a worthy one to watch because it's all their hits. There was a couple of songs we didn't know. You see, Costa and I haven't kept up with the Pet Shop Boys. Mm. We kind of had a lapse after the 90s because they're we prolific kind of, we dipped out they they, oh, yeah, they make an album every couple of years they've yeah, got a new album coming up this year yeah and and you know like a lot of 80s bands do 
But yeah. the pet shop boys like release properly. They like, yeah, they'll end up on heritage charts, but they chart in the normal charts because they're like, yeah. no, 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 we're we're artists. Like we're friggin' pet shop boys. Um, so it, it it is. I've also, also you'll you'll get a song that goes, you you like pet shop boys? Do you like this new album? I'm like, 2021. What, what are you talking about? How's this possible? I mean, as an example, the Electric album, which was the one that they came out to tour, I of course made an effort to listen to the whole album. There are two songs in it I really love and listen to sometimes. The rest I couldn't tell you. Hmm. So you know, like I have had to. I've had you know. There's only so much time and space in the world for the music. But the one thing that Costa said, which is absolutely what makes them one of the greatest live acts, you can see. I mean, everything. The, the amount of effort and perfection that is put into that show between the costumes and the lighting and the screen and all that stuff. Costa just said to me, he said, my God, this is just pure, pure excellence. There's no other way mm. to, to describe it. Mm. They really respect their audience in the way that they put on a fantastic show. Respecting no your audience. No one's going away from that show going, eh, yeah, you know. I mean, like I said, I'm just comparing it to the one that I saw. Yeah. And in that way. But if I had never seen the show, yeah, I would have been absolutely blown away by this. Blown away. What the hell? So, if you listen to this yeah. sh- this show and you're used to walking away going, eh, mm, um, go watch that show, The Pitch Up Boys. <laughs> Dr- Pitch Up Boys Dream World, the hits live at Cinema Nouveau. So fancy. So, oh, you know, even where Cinema Nouveau is in Rosebank, it's away from the riffraff. You know, it's just like, it's next to the fancy camera shop and it's away from the crowd. And it's just like, where, where's this Cinema Nouveau here? This isn't Cinema upstairs gross person this is nouveau <laughs> like i don't even know yes. what that means very fancy very, very fancy. fancy very dignified yes dignified for grown-ups all those things exactly and you can exactly. go watch it all day all day um if you want to watch picture <laughs> boys dream world <laughs> oh, oh, okay so um i've got a movie that falls into the category of i cannot believe we haven't recommended this movie i even had to go back and double check because there was a time where we did keep better records of the show but we, we can't, like, don't do much of that anymore no we you keep still records do. i i do every week i fill it in but the problem is there was a gap where we didn't and we've we, you know we've got old brains so yeah we've probably forgotten some stuff that we have spoken about. We, we have i used to keep better records when we had music because we had to like log music just in case it yes. came up whatever so um I even th- I, do, I do know we missed out on a couple of movies, like logging them, and I was like, oh, this, I, we did not do this movie because it's so bizarre. We would have remembered this movie, right? So, okay. the cost is outrageous. When I tell you this cost, Dory, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? So, it's one of your favorites, Jeff Goldblum. Mm. Right. Okay. Um, pre-stardom, Jim Carrey. Right, Gina Davis, who of Thelma and Louise, and Damon Wayans, who I think was great. And he went on to be like this kind of like, for a while he was the new Eddie Murphy, but it never quite, you know, he was going to be the Eddie Murphy of the 90s, but never quite landed. Yeah. He has a movie that stars all of them. Now, this was a movie that was a staple of Red Nose Day, right? Remember Red Nose Day? Um all the festivities and all the charity stuff, but they used to show movies all day, like in between vignettes, and they used to show Monty Python movies, and they used to show like absurd Attack of the Killer Clowns. And this was 
one of the movies, I wouldn't have watched it in the 80s, I would have seen more in the 90s, that would have been on in there because it was just bizarre. So Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and Damon Wayans, and if I get through this whole recommendation without saying Matt Damon, when I mean to say Damon Wayans, I am a supremely talented podcaster. They are aliens, okay? In a movie called Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, my God. Do you know that I've never seen this movie? I know of its existence, but I've never seen it. It is a CC cult classic, right? Okay. Bombed in the 80s, but subsequently, because of the st- everyone went on to have a stellar career in various yeah. ways... I mean, you know, even 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 Damon Wayans. I mean, he was he was huge. Had his own sitcoms, uh, in yeah. Living Color. He had uh, a family sitcom. Produced loads of movies with his brothers, um, where I think his brothers went on to be the bigger names. But he still had a great career. And I think subsequently, because everyone had this fantastic career, people went back to it. And wow, all these people in this movie. It is so terrible. It is so B grade. It harks <laughs> back to like those nineteen fifties sci fi theater movies. Okay, yes. in its style. Like Attack of the, what, 50-foot woman type vibe. Exactly, shit like that, right? right. Yeah. So the three of them are aliens, and they're these... F- Wait, which three? Oh, the three uh, men. Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and Matt... Uh, see, I did it, Matt Damon. And Damon <laughs> Wayne. Damon Wayne. Okay. okay, cool. And um, they um, are these furry Grinch. Imagine the Grinch from... Uh, I think it was Jim, Car- Jim Carrey was the Grinch, right? When they made the live-action yeah. movie. They look like, kind of like that, but they're city golf colors. Red, yellow, green. Not red, yellow, blue, not green. <laughs> the primary so, colors. They're city golf colors, red, yellow, blue. And uh, they're super furry. Faces, furry, they look like the Grinch. And these aliens are actually small. So they crash land their um, spaceship in Gina Davis' swimming pool. She's like this valley girl manicurist. And she finds these aliens. She's going through like a bit of a weird moment with her fiance. She takes the furry aliens to her salon with her friend. Shave them. They're handsome. Jim Carrey's kind of like the surfer boy. Matt Damon's kind of like... (laughs) If I say Matt Damon, don't correct me. I mean Damon Wayans. Okay, just... Just say Damon. 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 The Wayans brother. Damon. Um... He's like this, you know, cool, just cool guy. And then Jeff Goldblum is super handsome, Lothario, smarmy, you know, doing his most handsome Jeff Goldblum. Was Jeff, what color was he? He was the blue one. Okay. Yeah. I see that. So he, he was the blue one. And then it's just, it's just a series of shenanigans with no real risk. They go to a nightclub, of course, which features... I've got to tell you, as someone who has partaken himself in many a great dance-off, one of the best dance-off scenes I think there was in an 80s movie with uh, Damon's <laughs> character and some other guy. <laughs> and they dance off for the affections of a woman. Um, there is alien sex between Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum. They were married at the time. Um, they had both really? done the fly and they were married. This is what I know. They were married. They're married. They were married. They were married at the time of this. A co-star. Just take a minute to go. The fly. What a great film. That's what I'm saying. Moving on. That's what I'm saying. So um, another co-star, not to Jim Carrey or uh, the Wayans brother, 
were uh, another co-star. She just used to get so aggravated with him because they were just making out all the time. They were just on set, newly married, and just like getting up in each other's business constantly. And they're like, this is very distracting. This could be my big break. And these two aren't mm. taking it seriously at all. Um, mm. So they were married at the time. Jim Carrey had done uh, first first that vampire movie recommended a few weeks ago, and um, he, they hadn't him and um, Damon Wayans hadn't quite gone to in Living Color. And Living Color started the next year, uh, and then that just launched both of their careers. The one thing it it's kind of I was reading about the pre production. It was supposed to be a musical. And there are two musical set pieces in it that are just so odd and so weird and so out of place. Um, but, you know, everything in this movie is weird. And they actually years later did a stage show of Earth Girls Are Easy, a Broadway show. Um, but they launched it like a couple of weeks around just before 9-11. So, you know, they're kind of like, it didn't, um, it just didn't come back from that. But... The director or producer or somebody involved said, guys, listen here. It's 1988. The 80s, we've got a lot of 80s stuff here. Got a lot of 80s costumes, wardrobes, sets, things. We can't assume that this look is going to carry on into the 90s. So I want you to take every 80s thing you can think of and put it in this movie. Because, Dory, this movie is 80s vomiting. Time to you. watch it now. I have to watch. How have I never watched this movie? I mean, they burn a Madonna album. And apparently that's because Madonna was offered the role, or the, the, the Gina Davis role. Um, when her, yeah. There's a whole thing with her fiancé. doesn't want to sleep with her. Then he wants to sleep with her. There's a whole thing. And now he tries to seduce her. He brings a Julio Iglesias LP. <laughs> it is... So 80s. It is unreal. Dory, you'll be pleased to know yeah. that watching this movie will not cost you a cent because it is on YouTube. In Oh, really? Oh, okay. you know what? And the best part about it, you don't have to follow the story. There's no story. It's like if this was a skit in, in Living Color, you would have gone, that's a very weak skit. <laughs> but instead... You will watch the whole movie. You know what? Actually, because in the hands of a less accomplished cast of actors, and, and let's be honest here, none of them are at the levels that they would eventually come. You know, of course, Jeff Goldblum was there. Gina Davis was going there. But no one was really at that level yet. But they all had magnetism. And if this was in the hands of, like, no names, it would be, like, C-grade at best. But because of all of them, and they do, you can just see them young and it's a silly movie, and it's a silly uh, um, script, but they just they just go with it, and they, they're all such good actors. Gina Davis, a lot of body. You, they definitely, they definitely, any chance I could put her into lingerie or bikini, they definitely did take that. Um, there's a fantastic surfer dude in it. Uh, he's kind of a plot device, but it's so 80s. He's even a surfer dude. Like, even the, the surfer dude from the valley is in there, Earth Girls Are Easy, great film. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. 
I will watch it as soon as possible and report back. You had me at Jeff Goldblum. That's what I'm saying. You know you didn't need to say another word after that. I figured. I figured. There was yeah. a kind of revival of it. They call it the spiritual sequel. Britney Spears and Iggy Azalea, uh, they did a collaboration. Those are people. And they did a collaboration. And the music video was kind of like a send-up or a homage to Earth Girls Are Easy. Um, and if you've seen Iggy Azalea on uh, OnlyFans, it could have been a turning point for her. Um, in that being easy as an earth goal. But hey, that's just a passing commentary to keep me current, you know. Shows I don't, shows I know what's going on. Shows I know what's mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> so we're going to finish off with the story. We had a few technical snafus here, but Dory said, no, we got to power through uh, because we got to cover the story. Okay. It's been floating around for a week. Our favorite Jessica Fletcher. I'm going to bring you some news from jessica fletcher a headline scandals scandalously <laughs> shouts murder she smoked the quaint main fishing villages that inspired jessica fletcher's beloved cabot cove could end up like san francisco and portland thanks to progressive lawmakers plans to legalize all drugs wow mm. Mm. i thought when I saw Murder, She Smoked, that it had come about that Angela Lansbury was a huge weed smoker. I, whatever, whatever you and I'm, <laughs> whatever anyone's imagination is, is way more interesting mm. than the story, okay? Because, because <laughs> that's more interesting. No, so what the story actually is. Actually, it's not that interesting. The story's not that interesting. So yeah. What the story is, is obviously go back to Murder, she wrote. Remember, go back, go back, go back. She lived in this quaint little town of Maine. Who's? Do you ever know a South African who's ever been to Maine? No. No. We don't know a South African who's been to Maine, but I did meet an American from Maine at one point in my life. That's what I'm saying. The Americans from Maine, mm. not us. We got mm. New York, San Francisco, L.A., Miami, Florida. Well, my mother, my mother used to love murder. She wrote, and she always used to say, "It looked so lovely there. She'd love to visit." So that lovely place, right? Um, yes. Has now in America. I don't know enough about their their drug problem. It does look pretty bad. I think everyone's got a bad drug problem. But in certain parts of America, there it's you can drugs are legal, and it's legal to use certain mm-hmm. drugs on the street, and it's turned whole cities towns into just absolute zombies it's it's a it's a nightmare and now they're i don't know if they have passed it the story is about two weeks old but they're looking at passing the laws in the same place of cabot cove where uh murder she wrote wasn't filmed but was set and they're going no this is going to be an absolute nightmare because they still do get tourists uh coming to this little village because they want to go on a little bit of an angela lansbury tour Right? Yeah. And uh, go look at the place where she hid the bodies, how she plotted and committed all the murders. Because let's be honest, <laughs> she was serial killer plus. <laughs> like, mm. murder she did. Murder she did. And the really, really clever at pinning it on someone else oh, every time. Genius. Like, genius at, like, you know, framing. Framing queen, mm. actually, let's call it. I yeah. cannot wait until Murder She Wrote comes into the kind of um, like a Winnie the Pooh and a version of Mickey Mouse is now in the public domain. Um, so anybody can actually use them for their own, uh, to make their own movies. Uh, I cannot wait for Murder She Wrote to come into public domain because we are definitely on that and Murder She Did. And uh, it's all about all the murders Angela Lansbury did. So the story's not that interesting. Do you see 
Yeah, I'm just looking at the story. It was filmed in California. Yeah, the show. Yeah, which makes sense. Wow, makes sense. Um, so yeah, because that's where Hollywood is, right? That's it. So but yeah, I mean, that's nuts. All, all, so it wasn't even filmed on the East Coast. No, so all the exteriors and the shots and all of that was done, you know, obviously pre. But the yeah. actual inset yeah. stuff and onset that was okay. that was a soundstage all in California. Right. Um, the magic of movies, story. Like, did you know? Yes. When I spoke to you about Earth Calls Are Easy, Jeff Goldblum didn't really have blue hair all over his body. Costumes. Oh, wow. Makeup. Okay. Makeup, yeah. Yeah. Special effects. Yeah. It's special effects. It's, These photos on this article of people doing drugs, wow. I know. It's quite like- Wow. It's quite like, we're going to show you people doing drugs and you're going to look at it and that's what your day is going to be like. But- and then there's a picture of a smiling Angela Lansbury underneath. Listen, that article that we got this is all over the place. <laughs> it like doesn't follow a coherent <laughs> thought at all. It's just like we got all these thoughts about the story. We're just going to put them in. Yeah. And it jumps from talking about the, the, this legislation that they're passing to in the, literally the next sentence is they shot on a soundstage. It's like it's all over the place. So drugs. But let's just be clear here. We're not just talking about weed. They are talking about no, all, all drugs. drugs. Heroin, cocaine, yeah. all of it. So like in San Francisco, that's what it is. It's like that's why it's so many parts of San Francisco are absolute zombie the, the, bigger, the biggest problem in the U.S. is the opioid yeah. problem. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. So yeah. it sounds like an episode Ooh, of Murder, okay. She Wrote. Right. It's, you know, like it does. And then, of course, there's a murder. One of the drug uh, 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 users commits a murder. So it got me wondering about some of the episodes of – uh, Murder, She Wrote. And I just want to read some. These are the top five that I found. This list got 15. Okay, so mm. this Murder, She Smoked sounds like an episode of Murder, She Wrote. But here are actual episodes of Murder, She Wrote. One called Who Killed J.B. Fletcher? Okay, it's one of the most creative mm. rates. one of the most creative episodes because it pits Jessica Fletcher against her, a formidable foe, someone who was impersonating her. Okay, so... A lady called Marge mm. Allen is arrested for faking her identity as Jessica Fletcher. But when Marge ends up dead in an auto accident, Jessica senses something fishy. Of course you did, because you cut her brakes. She goes on to solve a yeah. trio of enigmatic murders, including that of Simon and Liz McCauley, a married couple who own a dog kennel. Three murders solved in a single episode is a lot, even for Jessica Fletcher. Yo, number five. Okay. The number four... The corpse flew first class. Okay. Jessica's first class flight to London is interrupted by a deadly distraction. On board, an actress named Sunny Greer. Uh, she's on board with her, and Jessica's asked to investigate when Sunny's lover and chauffeur Leon is poisoned to death. Oh no. Jessica poisoning people on planes. Finally, they got her. They got her, Jessica, behind bars. Yeah. Oh, they get it. This episode is called Jessica Behind Bars. Uh, most of the episode occurs in a woman's penitentiary okay. where she goes to teach a writing class. The prisoners riot during the episode and ask Jessica to solve a murder that one of them is being blamed for, a.k.a. she committed. <laughs> well, when you've got the queen of framing in the jail with you, use you her, right? That's what you do. Yeah. Another episode called Trial by Error. Uh, the uh, Jessica is a foreperson of a jury. No, of course she's in the jury. She can corrupt the whole system. 
one. Okay. That sounds familiar. Okay, listen to it if you know it. She presides over a case where that involves the death of Cliff Anderson, whose adulterous wife was caught having an affair with a man named Mark Reynolds. Those are two of the whitest names I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Jessica <laughs> deliberates whether Anderson's murder was premeditated or done in self-defense. Hmm. And now, of course, she hangs the jury, hangs the jury because she can. And finally, murder takes the bus. Okay. Okay. It's a riff on a classic Agatha Christie tale. It's a baleful bus ride, but instead of a lethal mo- locomotive, it is surprisingly effective. Those are weird words put together. Okay. Jessica decides. What they're saying is it's supposed to be kind of like a ripoff of Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. So they're saying instead of a train, it's a bus. It's a bus. That's all. She's on a bus. She decides to attend the sheriff's sheriff's convention in Portland. Oh, so she's corrupting cops at the highest level. She travels on a bus Mm -hmm. during a stormy night, and it takes a terrifying turn after a bank robber is found stabbed to death with a screwdriver. Um, Rue McClanahan and Linda Blair are guest stars in this episode. Um, Yeah. And it's rated the best Murder, She Wrote episode. So that's. I wonder if these are on YouTube. I could watch one. Or, I could watch one. You, you think one. so? Not one or two. Oh, one. I don't like murder. Right? <laughs> I'll watch this one because it's the highest rated. Murder takes a bus. <laughs> it's got it's got uh, Rue McClanahan, Blanche. Exactly. I'd watch it for that reason. Yeah, you got to watch her. So I'm going to do some uh, experimenting this weekend. Good yes. stuff. We've been, but don't don't experiment with drugs. If you want to do that, go to Maine. No, no, it's not yes. not legal in the streets here. <laughs> So uh, that is, we've been holding on to that for a couple of weeks now. We wanted to talk about some murders she smoked. Um, take a little turn. All the murders she wrote episodes. They're all, it's every murder is so obviously her. It's so obviously her. All I know is, I mean, you remember the big joke was like, don't ever be around this woman. Mm. Someone around her always dies. Like, don't be in the room with her. Don't be. Yeah. And she'll monetize it. She'll write a book about it. Jeez. Like, and now that I think about it, did you watch the murder mystery movies on Netflix with Jennifer Aniston and, um, oh my God. His oh name yes, uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of similar because wherever they are, mm. there's a murder. Mm. Mm, similar idea. It's like Glass mm. Onion uh, with uh, James Bond. Yes. Um, yes. Those kind of movies with yes. that character. Again, it's all them. We all know it's them, you know? Uh, so wait for the special podcast series, the dramatic podcast series, Narrative Murder She Did. That 80s show presents how Jessica Fletcher killed everybody, the biggest serial killer on 80s TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dory, what a week we've had um, from Pet Shop Boys to Heidi Klum singing Corey Hart songs that we we expected to come in hard on that, but we actually loved it. Um, so it will be playing out of our tape decks this weekend. No doubt about it, Dory. Favorite thing you perhaps learned this week? That Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis were really married. I don't know how I didn't know that. Surprised me. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Took me by surprise. We have so much homework from this week's show. Thank you. This Thank has you. been that 80s show. Everything that we spoke about on the show can be found um, all over the internet because uh, that's how we do our research. <laughs> Basically, watch Netflix and read Screen Rant and then you know what's coming up in the show. <laughs> but if you want it all collated for you, that 80s show essay on Facebook. Thanks for joining me, Dory. Goodbye. Bye.